coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we have two special guests on. Terry McKim, the founder and CEO of Tippy, and Lauren Zamolski, who is the Tippy Success Manager. Now, who's Tippy? Good question. In fact, I've been wanting to get you guys introduced to Tippy for a long time. We actually first found out about them in about 2018 at a conference, and we were about to actually look into bringing them on and using their service, and then we closed our salon. So, oh, well. Easy come, easy go. But that said, they are still amazing. And even though we don't have a slime war, I still think they would be a great thing for you guys to learn about. So I invite them on the show, and they're going to come and share not just about their app, because I don't want to just do a big sales pitch. We're going to talk about tipping. Yes, everyone's favorite topic. Actually, a lot of you probably don't want to talk about tipping because you're not reporting your tips right now. And you're like, Paul, please, I don't need a guilt trip. I don't need to be told what to do. We're going to help you rethink that, hopefully, and think a little bit more clearly and a little bit better. So hopefully, you'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll get. You'll see the long-term benefits of reporting your tips by the end of this episode. Anyhow, we're really excited to have them come on and share their knowledge and wisdom about the tipping world as well as their app, which I promise you guys you will really want to think about bringing them on, especially if you have a team. Even if you're solo, there's a lot of benefits for you to use this app, even if you work for yourself. All right, as always, a few announcements. As you know, LashCon is here. It's LashCon season, as I like to call it. It's like Christmas for me. I'm always excited every day to come on and share about it. Not because I want to sell you something, guys, but because I really believe that this conference is the very thing that you need for your business. Most of you who listen, I know that because our ideal client is the type of person who gets training, the type of person who reads books, who pursues, pursues education. So you might already be spending two, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a year on your last training, but you've never spent a dime to learn how to run business, which doesn't make a lot of sense. If every year you're spending two, dollars $3,000 to stay on, on last training, after a few years, you're going to know a lot. In fact, you can probably start teaching classes on lashing, right? But you probably couldn't teach a class on business because you kind of just still winging it. You're still just trying to figure it out. And you, you don't need to just try to figure out. There are people out there willing to share a lot of great information and help you speed up your growth rate so you become a better business operator. And that's why we created LashCon, so that you could be a great business owner. Not just a great lash artist, but also a great business owner. And you need to spend some time and some money to do that. The good news is LashCon is a lot cheaper than most of these major trainers that you may go see. Like You can get a ticket for as low as like six $700 right now. That's nothing. That's like one-third the cost you'd pay for some of these trains and maybe like one-fifth for some trainers I know, okay? So it's super affordable, and it's three days, and it's not just training you how to do business. It's networking. It's connecting. It's getting inspired. It's getting reengaged. Man, I, we just got back from IBS. There's something about going hanging out with your own kind that makes you come home, and you want to just kill it. You want to work harder. You want to do more. You want to help people more. It just really motivates you. So if you need that kick in the butt, you need that restart because this last year and a half has been killing you this is the place to come learn get re-engaged get reconnected i promise you guys it will change everything really in our two other previous years of doing this i i gotten maybe one complaint all right of hundreds of people responding giving me stuff i think one or maybe two people said oh, well this wasn't right this wasn't good and i get it we're not perfect we're not going to nail it 100 ever 
just like none of us probably ever run the perfect business every way. There's always gonna be something you have to address, something you have to fix, something you have to make up. But I promise you guys, for the like 700 plus people that have come over the last two years, it's been the overwhelming response has been this is the thing that's really changed my business. In fact, that's one of the things I'm hoping down the road. If you're someone who has had a life-changing experience because of LashCon. I want to hear from you. I'd love to interview you and meet with you. And so you can please email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. I already have about five or six people I've talked to who I want to sit down with them in more detail and just hear more because it's amazing to hear the inspiration for the, that came because they went to LashCon either two years ago or last year. And what else do we have? Well, we have our usual Apple Podcast review, guys, as we always do. If you write us a review and post on on Apple Podcasts and screenshot and email to Paul at Lashcast Podcast, you'll be entered into a drawing for $200 Amazon gift card. And as always, guys, we're looking for stories from you guys. So if you want to send us your story and you want to get on our podcast and at least be considered for that, email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. All right, guys, that's all the announcements I have for you. Otherwise, let's get into this where we sit down with Terry and Lauren and talk about tipping and uh, hopefully win you over to think about maybe it's smarter and better for you long-term to start tipping or start reporting all your tips. Everyone, we are here in the Last Cast Studios. Excited today to be along with Tippy, a uh, company that we've known about for quite a few years, and I finally got them to come on. Welcome to the show, Lauren and Terry. Hey, thanks Thank for having you. us. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We're very excited. And uh, I already explained a little bit about your guys' backgrounds in the introduction. So we did want to get right into it. And by the way, welcome to the show, Tess. Well, thank you. I forgot to include you. <laughs> thank you I take you for granted here today. <laughs> but um, anyhow, so Tippy is a very interesting company. I thought before we get into, we want to talk about a couple of things. We want to talk about tipping in our industry because mm. I think it's a big topic that a lot of people don't really think about a lot until they're like a salon owner. And then all of a sudden they start becoming aware of the rules and laws and all that. But before I thought it'd be great to have you guys explain what is Tippy? Who are you guys and why are we talking to you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually, Lauren, I'll let you kick it off. I think it's important to know a brief background, knowing that because this was built for the industry in the industry. Um, and although we're, we've scaled and we're branching out into different verticals, I think it's important for everyone to know why it was built and who built it. So Lauren, I'll let you go because you have probably the longest background in the beauty space. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes. So my background is I went to school to do hair and we actually created Tippy in our seven location salon here in Reading, Pennsylvania. If you ever heard of it, we were just uh, talking about small, small area here. Yeah. And we created Tippy in, in our salons to try to solve a challenge that like you said, many salon owners don't realize that there is a tipping challenge, but being a hairdresser myself, and I unfortunately couldn't do hair. I would develop dermatitis. Many people in the industry do, but luckily for me, I was able to migrate into other positions in our salons that were working the front desk and uh, managing our seven location salon before I came to work at Tippy and the biggest thing is that we wanted to really solve the issue for our team. We are paying out cash at the end of every day yeah. to our, our stylists, our nail techs, and to our estheticians. We were a medical spa as well. And they loved getting cash at the end of the day, but 
clients weren't bringing cash anymore. And we had to pivot how we were handling that. We ultimately brought in an ATM. That wasn't ideal. Our clients didn't like no. didn't like that experience. <laughs> Terry didn't really care for that either. He was our marketing director at the time and it took up retail space. It just wasn't pretty. So we put tips into payroll. Hmm. And definitely not a fan favorite. Yeah. <laughs> clients it, yeah. Yeah, they could use their credit card still, but the team just really despised waiting two oh, weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's face it. We want things yesterday, not today. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask a quick question? Just to of clarify course. for the audience that the cash that you were paying out at the end of the day was because when the client would write the check or write a check or write um or, or a credit card. Credit card. The stylist. The practice was to pay the stylist right away and right not wait mm-hmm. to be in payroll. So the style it's kind of like in restaurants, same thing. At the end of the day, you get all your tips and cash. And I think the pain for the owner, right, is you have to have a safe full of a lot of hundreds and fifties and twenties and all that. It's like you have to be a bank in the salon. You're yeah, spot on. It, yeah. The running to the, the bank daily was the, a nightmare. <laughs> like you guys said, it was that immediate gratification that it was a natural behavior or habit in the beauty space. But the funny part is it's become even more apparent and natural in every vertical. I grew up in the industry. My mom cut hair. Okay. Yeah. I was always kind of jealous wanted to be in it. My mom did <laughs> always, always joke because I think it shows you the, like I'm big on full circles and you kind of end up where you're supposed to be. But I always joked that my mom tried to convince me to go to cosmetology school. I had gotten a D1 wrestling scholarship. And even though I thought, man, cutting hair and being at a beauty school sounds a lot cooler going and working out and being, you know, <laughs> and like kind of struggling and being owned by a wrestling team. And I, but the funny part is I was too scared to call the coach and tell him, no, I'm no, it turned down the scholarship. So I went with it <laughs> and always kind of jealous. I, I we were kind of envious of the industry, but found my way back into it with Lords and Ladies or Seven Salons of PA as a director of marketing. But even though I knew tips and I know it sounds cliche, but tips, put food on our table. I remember we had like a you know, James way or a Kmart, you know, which is like mm-hmm. a retail shop basically. And my mom getting her cash out and like paying like for the GI Joe that I wanted and, or my sister wanted a Barbie. And it's like, she would have this, this cash, you know, or go in the grocery store. So I knew that was important to the beauty industry, but I didn't know anything about tipping in the beauty industry. Mm. And I didn't know the struggles that Lauren and the operation teams were going through other than seeing an ATM go in and hearing about tips so typical marketing guy, I guess, like the ADD brain. I sat there during a meeting and talking about tips. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could just let them directly tip the stylist? And we created a digital platform for that, which is actually the first name of the platform. It's called Direct Tips. So we built it and didn't know how it was going to go and end up being very successful, knock on wood. And to the point where L'Oreal saw it, we were a big L'Oreal salon and L'Oreal was in visiting and like, what's that over there? Cause of course they see digital products and we have digital TVs up that are promoting products, but they see people engaging every checkout. People are engaging in this kiosk yeah. and we explained that allows them to tip directly. And actually the funny part is tips went up. So Pat Prezi, who is president of uh, PPD or L'Oreal professional division asked a lot more questions about why did tips go up? We explained because they tip more because they know it's going yeah. to Lauren or whoever it might be. So there's no guessing game. There's no writing on the receipt. It's a personal, it's back to the personal transaction of like a cash hand in the hand. L'Oreal immediately said there's a need for it. So we decided mm-hmm. to take the leap and build a product that could be scalable. And we officially launched nationally. We always see in the beginning of 2019, uh, tail end of 2018. And now we're in almost all, I think, 50 states or more one shy. So we're trying to get one, one more state. Almost there. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. 
but it was just one of those things that, you know, we built a solution for our seven salons and realized it should be in as many salons as possible to help them out with the same situations we were in. Mm. So uh, thankfully the Lauren joining our team and the whole team she built for a success team, they're all from industry. They've been behind the chair. They've been behind the front desk. They've been a manager, cosmetology school. So they can talk to talk. We can kind of play safe. I think that's super important because tips are touchy, right? And so it's really comforting to know that somebody who has uh, designed this knows all the pain points. From both, yeah. from all points of view. Yeah, I didn't know that you guys had a pretty big background. Uh, that you, it sounds like everyone in some way or somehow was related or connected to the beauty industry, which is great because obviously, I think it, it you know and understand you know. the pain points a little bit more. So let's get into that. Let's talk about a little bit about tipping and help educate our base here so that they yeah, will be smarter about how they approach tipping because I think it's one of those areas that no one really talks about. And we're in the lash side of the world, so. A lot of people work alone, but we still, we are beginning to see more and more salons and more, and everyone at some point wants to have staff and wants to hire people. And so they need to know what they're getting into. So first, I guess the pretty simple question is, do service providers have to provide or you know, report their tips? And if they do, why do they need to do it? Yeah. Most of these questions are all kind of central around. One thing we started to realize as we launch is that, and I think there's the reason why the product became successful or is becoming successful is because there's this gray area mm -hmm. and I'll use the restaurant space because that's probably the most relevant in tipping that we all experience every day in restaurants. There's always this tipping where it was very clear cut. There's benefits to a restaurant owner. You know, it was the way that tips were handled, the way that this was paid out. It was, and there's a lot of money behind the restaurant industry for obvious reasons. Cause it's so big, mm -hmm. you know, and COVID's a great example. When you look at so restaurants were allowed to open and don't get me wrong, they took a huge hit as well, but they were allowed to open gradually yeah. and were, you know, maybe benefited a little bit more. Whereas beauty salons were kind of always pushed to the back, not mm -hmm. essential, not essential. And, yeah. and I get it. Everyone's kind of scraping by and figuring out what to do, but it kind of just showcased way, the way the beauty industry is looked at. And I feel tips were looked at the same way such a gray area. You would talk, and I started the interview salons, like, how do you handle tips? To your point, you know, how do you pay them out? How do you handle payroll taxes? And everybody was all kind of all over the page as far as like, well, we pay this much in payroll taxes on tips. And we, and some salons pay hundred percent. Some, as you can imagine, wouldn't pay anything. They're like, we let it up to our staff. And I just felt like, well, why don't we build, we're not in a position to tell people how to handle their tips. So mm -hmm. to answer your question, yeah. uh, whether we're telling a salon owner or a stylist, we're not in a position to tell them how they should handle payroll taxes are there taxes on their tips? Why don't we just give them a tool to hopefully get their tips up to we're going to financially empower them and let's give them the tools to report their tips as any way they like to. Yeah. Because there is no clear-cut way, in my opinion, for that the IRS says that any sign, this is how you should do it. I mean, there's this whole thing. This is pre-me being back in the, or being in the industry where the IRS kind of came in. I think they realized that there was these missed opportunities to tax tips yeah. because there's so much cash. And they kind of came up with, and this might not be exact, but I know that there's something where they came in and said, there's just, they kind of made up this eight. And I laugh about it because Terry Durr, the owner of the salons, mm -hmm. said they came in with a VHS tape and a, a pamphlet. <laughs> and he watches VHS tape. This, this shows you how antiquated yeah. it, it, it is. But watch this tape and we're going to, it'll explain how you should handle your payroll taxes for tips to protect yourself as a salon owner. And there's this whole thing in there that you're going to essentially, they made up this, you know, you're going to pay payroll taxes of eight to 10%. So if you're going to assume that if Lauren, you know, it, it, there's this whole theory behind how you pay it. 
and you'd be protected as a salon owner. But then if you go to the IRS website, there's a video and a pamphlet on there that says you should be paying 100%. Oh, really? You should be paying, you should be paying payroll taxes on 100% of whatever Lauren, if it's cash, credit card, doesn't matter. It's up to you to really ask Lauren, have her report it back to you, and you pay 100%. So there's this like very gray area where what do you do? So we always we made a decision early on, which is we're going to build a platform to get tips up, where we're going to provide every tool possible for the stylist and the salon owner to report their tips however they see fit. You know, whether it's, whether it's a company-wide. Um, and what we usually see is most salons will say, we're still going to pay payroll taxes in your payroll. You know, when we pay that, we're going to pay the taxes as we've been doing on tips. And then it's up to the stylist if they want to claim more tips, you know, and pay taxes on it. So basically taxes for the owner, they do need to pay uh, the payroll taxes on the tips. If they come in the credit cards and they're not pe- cashing out everyone, which I strongly discourage anyone doing that, because you are a bank at that point and it's just a pain in the butt and you want everyone waiting around the front desk for a half hour while you're trying to run to the stores and gather change. Yeah, it's just crazy. But <laughs> that said, I think you do need to report it because uh, the IRS, from our stand, they have formulas, right? They have a numbers. Uh, now, I think that's where the 8 to 10% is, is they're going to expect a certain amount. If they see zero tips... They have to have some number to work with, which I think is where that eight to ten percent. They will just tag that on. Well, we know you're getting tips, but you know no one's reporting tips, so we're just going to tax you at eight to ten percent of what your gross of whatever your your salon makes, and we then we'll work backwards to figure it out, and then they'll come back. This may be outside your area, but do salon owners get into trouble with IRS if they aren't tipping, or is it mostly the employees, or both can get into trouble if they're not reporting tips at all? What I've seen and heard, we obviously talk to the PBA, we get feedback from salons to sign up. We get a lot of inquiries with salons that are fearful of getting audited or have been. So they obviously want to put things into place. I think my opinion is that it's up to the salon owner to create a structure and then it's a trickle down effect. So as a salon owner, I would want to put things in place to protect myself. And just to give you examples of the way that it trickles the opposite way, which is a trickle up effect, for example, Venmo. No, Venmo is obviously a great way for exchanging money. It's a digital way of doing it. Of course, we're not big fans because it's not personal. It's a little disconnected because you both have the app. It's well after the service. You're not really tipping on a service amount. But for example, Venmo, if Lauren's a stylist at at a salon and she's received, say, $15,000 last year in, in Venmo transactions, what Venmo will do is they'll issue her a 1099. Uh, and they're actually cracking down on it. They just sent out terms and conditions already. Yep, I got those this week. <laughs> so it's they're really cracking down on it. If you saw, they're going to start really regulating the goods and services portion of it. So now I can't just get you $100. So if I do that too often or they see that you're getting a bunch of money, they'll say, you sure this isn't for goods and services? And you'll have to pay 1.5% for that. So what Venmo is going to start doing is, again, this is all what we hear, but and it's actually going to vary per state. So if you can think of that benchmark, in different states because you know maybe you're paying higher using Venmo for rent sharing in New York than in like Idaho, you know, your rent sharing is a little bit different. So there'll be different benchmarks, but say Lauren hits that threshold in her state, Venmo can issue her a 1099. And it's actually happened in a few songs, but she'll get issued 1099. She ignores it because she's like, I don't, I either she doesn't know what 1099 is, or she just thinks like, I'll just ignore it. Not a big deal. It's just Venmo. She can be audited for what was this $15,000 for and then be audited. And then what's happening in a few salons that are doing it is that it goes, it trickles up. And now the salon owner, because the salon, the stylist might say, that was for my tips in my salon. 
the salon owner gets audited and now everyone gets checked on. And now you become the risk of having to go back and do pay up penalties and the back payroll taxes Yeah, for the previous year or two. It's happened in a few cases. So yeah, up to seven years, <laughs> they yeah. could yeah. really. You're talking about, and now oh, yeah. even more importantly, it's retention is a big deal, even post COVID. So if you're a stylist and you're worried, cause now you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to pay some taxes myself, or it's going to be taken mm-hmm. out of my future payroll because my son owner wasn't handled properly. You're probably going to leave. And quick go work somewhere else because you'll just fall in the background. The salon owners don't want to take the heat. And that's not the, I hate saying things like that because I don't want to put fear in the people. It's just the reality of the IRS is now at a point where a lot of money's becoming digital transactions. And if they don't figure out how to start taxing it, then they'll miss out on taxable money, which the IRS is not going to do. So they're finding ways to do it. Yeah. I, I think they gave out a lot of money last year. I think they need to make it back. <laughs> yeah. They do. They have that to. they do. <laughs> kind of to what Terry was saying, I know it is like a scary thing, but reporting your tips can also be a really exciting thing when you're looking at your future. And I always like to think about this because when I was a stylist, I thought, okay, this is my future. I'm going to need to put together a retirement plan for myself. And some salons offer 401ks, some don't. And ultimately, if you're not a good saver, what are you going to retire on? You're going to need your social security someday. So for those stylists that are looking to maybe retire, I know after a while, your feet are tired, your arms are tired. I'm 5'2". When I was holding a blow dryer and a round brush all day long, you get exhausted. You want to eventually have some money to put away and I really give kudos to the salon owners that that do report 100% of tips because they are doing their team a service. And to Terry's point with retention, maybe some service providers starting out the gate don't realize how important their tips are into feeding into their retirement plan. But when you do all those things, you cross your T's, you dot your I's, you can lay your head on your pillow at night knowing the IRS, you don't want to mess with them and they're not going to come knocking on your door at the end of the day, there's something to look forward to. There's a retirement that you're going to be able to look forward to, or maybe not even retirement, but looking at purchasing a home or a car. Those things are all going to play a role. There was a service provider, an esthetician, actually. Actually, I just saw her today. Got my brows and my lip wax. <laughs> <laughs> she, she always was a big fan of Tippy because she was an independent woman. Like she wanted to go and, and achieve her goals. And she was able to go and purchase her first car on her own, having all that tip income recorded to prove that. And she even paid off her car early. So I always give kudos to the owners and the service providers because you just, you're safe. You're doing what's right by the law and you're doing what's right by yourself to just plan ahead for your future. And I think that's huge. And I think people don't realize that you can't all of a sudden, let's say you just report your income, but not tips. You can't go to the bank and say, I also make an additional $20,000 a year on tips. Well, where is it? Oh, yes. it's it's in my bank account. No, well, mm-hmm. that doesn't count. Come from? No. Yeah, where did it yes, come they from? Yeah, they want to know where it came from. Did yeah. you rob mm-hmm. banks? What, what, exactly. I mean, yes. That's the sad part. That was honestly, even when I had this idea on the back of a piece of paper, we had staff meetings or salons, and we'd always, with 250 stylists sitting there, and I go up and talk about marketing, and we're talking about this idea. And we were, as we were building this thing, and I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody stood up and she was young. And she said, this is great because and she, I remember the whole story because she went to a bank when she was 16 years old, because that's her mom and dad went to that bank and she got you know, started getting money and probably assisting and whatnot, went to the bank a couple of years later and said, I want to get my first apartment. 
or what or house what, what I forget what it was sorry but I think it was her house mm-hmm. house and she that. said and she had like fifteen thousand dollars in there and said that was my tip money but it was cash that she was putting in over a period of time and they're like we have to show where this cash came from because and I I joke because it's I always use the example of like yeah they didn't know if it was like drug money they didn't know where it was coming yeah, from. Right? <laughs> like it's like what are you doing for fifteen thousand dollars you have to show mm-hmm. which is yeah. sad because you're thinking like this is money I earned and in the back of her head she's thinking like I but she probably went home and kept putting an envelope yeah. dropped yeah. the envelope off and like in her head she's doing that so it's sad to think that and then the security thing is a big one. I'll, like, I'll never forget, Lauren, I was in Minnesota. We were in for a meeting. I went to go launch a salon, sat in the lunchroom, talking to the staff. And we'll say the veteran stylist, she came in and she said, I got to tell you girls and guys, you want to do this. She was older and she said, I am exhausted and tired, but I had nothing claimed to essentially retire. And she said, because all she's ever done is cash. She's like, you want this, you're a younger generation, you want this and you need to do this and set goals. And that's a big thing of ours, which is this financial empowerment, which sounds cliche, but even with an updated app that we're coming up with, like they'll be able to actually have like a digital wallet in there where they can actually have their tips come in and say, I want portions of my tips going to savings. I want a portion of going in paying off this card. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that they're using the tip so that it's like when you paid out cash out of the drawer, they go home and on the way home, you spend it. Of course you have the mattress savers and we're putting in the mattress. Not everyone's like that, but mm-hmm. the ones that would spend on the way home, they come the next day and say, I don't make any money. Like I'm barely making money you know, here. And those are usually the owners that call us and they're like, I'm sick of my staff saying they're not making any money when I know <laughs> how much they're making. Yeah. So we want them so they can see a focus on commissions, on services and retail. And the other 20, 30% that they're making, which is tips. Yeah. When you do the right thing and you make goals and you allocate and you plan and you do things right, it gives you a peace of mind. It's kind of like growing up. It's you're able to translate that into actual goals for yourself. Yeah, you're right. I think it's just short term planning versus long term. Like it's easy to think short term and go, I just want that money. I want to give it to the IRS. I worked hard for it. I mean, you'll come up with all your excuses that say why you should not pay it. But long-term, you're actually going to lose out because you're not going to get loans. You're not going to be able to get the, your payment from Social Security will be less because you didn't put as much money in. And, yeah, we yeah. had a gal came and she interviewed with us and she said, I'm interested in working with you because I know that you guys do things above board. And she says, for 20 years, I've been doing things, taking all my tips kind of under the table and She's like, I went to buy a house and they're like, you have no income for 20 years. And she's like, oh my gosh, I have to start now. Yeah, and that, so- that was a company that was paying under the table cash. Like they're just paying, you know, everything, salary, everything under the table. We knew one salon here in LA. I forget which one it was, it but was- they literally, at the end of the day, everyone got paid cash for everything, all services. I don't even know how they got away with it because IRS at some point is going to go like, you guys make zero money. I know. That's scary. Yeah. But it was, yeah, how, are you, how are you paying the rent? Uh, I have <laughs> no idea. Just all cash only. And I know it's tempting. I know it feels like that you've worked hard. You deserve it. Why should I get, share my money? But man, for peace of mind too, just to sleep at night. We don't need more things to stress us out. We have COVID and all these other stuff. Let's get one thing under control. And that can be your tipping reporting so that you can know the IRS. Even if they audit you, you can sit there and laugh and go, you know what? If anything, you may give me a refund. Because I've given so much, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just getting past that mentality of like the old school thought, which is what tips were, was that cash, hide it from everybody. If you look at the average salary or income of a stylist nationwide, it's so low because of that same mentality. I want to get past that. Let's grow this industry financially. 
and it'll be looked at a little bit more serious. And I think that's what really hopefully lit a fire in people's butts during COVID, which is like to be looked at as a non-essential and to be pushed aside. Because if you look at statistics, that's what it looks like. And I think it starts, of course, we're biased, tips could help. But like, if you can add 15, $20,000 to your income and then be looked at as like a legit salaried employee, making that amount of money, that should make you feel good. Yeah. And then start to set the bar higher. Don't take that portion out and be down here. Like, let's look yeah. up here. This is where the industry is at. So yeah. and we hope we can do that. No, I think that's great. Let's get into a little bit more about how and your service works, because I think we nailed that it. it's important to claim tips. But you guys came with a tool that actually helps people get tipped immediately and helps them to get hopefully better tips. I mean, you can explain that. So first, why does someone need tippy? I mean, how does it work? I guess that's the whole thing. Is it uh, something that you have to have a kiosk? Salon owners need it, or is it like it's just an app? Like, can you break it down for us? Yeah. So we provide uh, the whole thing with us was we originally started where we were actually going to integrate with the point of sales. And the great news is this year and going into next year, we're integrating with a bunch of point of sales, which all familiar ones, beauty related. We're really excited about. We think it could be a great addition there and streamline everything. But when we launched, we our whole idea was to provide a kind of a plug and play. We joke, we say like, it made me think of like the Casper mattress. I just told the story the other day, but like the Casper mattress, like I fell into that. I mean, I love it. We've had it now. Like we still have it. But I fell into it. I'm like, there's no risk. Like I can get this thing dropped off. And then when you open it up and this thing expands to a king size bed, you're like, how the hell would I even return it? Yeah. Like yeah. If I didn't want this thing. Like, but this thing's stuck. Like, I don't even think I can get it back out the door. Like, so how would it cover our room? But we wanted to build something that would allow us, especially L'Oreal, we wanted to be able to launch nationally and not s- slow crawl. We wanted every salon spa to have it if they wanted it. So what we built was a very simple kiosk that sits at the front desk. And after a client checks out or you check your client out for their services and retail, you just turn to the kiosk. I, I picked the stylist. Uh, in this case, it's safe. It's uh, Tess. So I picked Tess. I put $85 haircut and color, go turn it around. And now the client, as they give them back their card or they have their phone or card out, they can select the tip amount based on the services I entered, the service amount I entered. But we personalize the whole thing where you're going to see her picture. Now, when I tip, it's going to go directly to her. Lauren and the team do a fantastic job talking to the front desk and coaching them and onboarding them and making sure they can talk to the client. And after the first visit, especially the older clients, after the first visit, they're familiar with it. They know it. They love to use it because, again, I, we think the tips are the most personal thing you can do. It's a, it's like a rating. Like you look oh, yeah. at, you're excited. It's excited. Like if I'm going to tip you low, we actually used to have a rating in there and realize that the tip was the rating. Like yeah. anyone who did a good amount of tips was a five-star. People that would skip the tip were mm-hmm. a zero-star. Like why did we need an extra screen <laughs> in there? It was pretty obvious. Yeah. And when I use that and say I tipped $25, once I'm done, it says, thank you. Tess would get a notification instantly on our tipping mobile app that everyone downloads. So the client doesn't need an app. They're just okay. using the kiosk. That's obviously a benefit compared to like Venmo and other ones. And obviously the reporting. Yeah. But you would get a notification instantly on your watch or your phone that says it's like a cha-ching sound or it says woohoo on your in that notification. And now you know how much you got. And you see it roll in and you see your tips put up throughout the day. And that's that instant gratification. But that quick ding where like you get that like pat on the back and now you're like, Holy smokes, that, that tip was great. What did I do during that service? Like <laughs> I finally did my consultation. I finally did this. So like like I did the things that I've been told to do. And now I just got rewarded for it. I mean, Lauren can even give an example where we saw our treatment services go up. And of course, it, being the marketing guy, because we're still lawyers and ladies, I thought maybe I did a really good job marketing. And that's why our treatment services went up. And uh-huh. Lauren crushed my dreams and told me why they really you went pump up. Pump the brakes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, it's, I don't know, Lauren, if you want to give the example of the treatment services and why you figured out they actually went up. Yeah, well, I mean, like many salon owners and, and management team, you sit down and evaluate, even if you're someone that's just working on your own, you want to sit down and evaluate your numbers and take a look at how you're doing and self-reflect on your business. And so we did that every month. We would sit down or even weekly, we would sit down with our team and just go over how things are going. If anybody needs help and maybe need some more classes or maybe there's something to celebrate. You did have, had a really great retail week. And in looking at those main KPIs that we would typically sit down and look at your retail to service, your rebooking, et cetera, et cetera. We would always look at add-on treatments. And it finally struck a chord when we were sitting down with you know, we always called them our top 20 percenters who they just got it. Like they, they were your goal setters. They were the model people in your salon to really look at. And we're like having just a natural conversation about upselling. And, and the one girl says to me, I realized that I wasn't really selling treatments, but really it's a part of the whole experience for the client. When you ask a client, what's their favorite part about having their hair done? It's sitting back at the shampoo bowl and having a head massage. Well, a part of that head massage is a treatment and could be different even in the nail tech world, just getting a little bit more of a hand massage or in the aesthetics rooms. But they pointed out that, hey, I just added on a $25 treatment. At that time, that's how much it was to add on a, a conditioning treatment. Gave them a great head massage and my clients are tipping an average of 20%. Well, an extra $25 treatment into my service ticket is going to equal out. That's an extra five bucks today that I'm walking out the door with. And let me tell you, we struggled to get people to talk about add-ons before. Once they saw that their coworkers were doing this and how it really affected their paycheck and not just in two weeks from today in their wallet today, they all started to catch on and the shampoo room got a little full. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're just helping people be a little bit more educated about what's coming in and seeing the actual numbers versus beforehand, it just is in the paycheck and you get to see what's been taken out. And so it probably is that daily, like it's a little bit more like you're giving immediate gratification, I guess. So you see it. 100%. And I think that's the benefit of Tippy is instead of getting your paycheck every two weeks or whatever your pay period is set up in your business, you get the next day. It's deposited in the bank account within 24 hours or is it But you also days? get that notice immediately. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you get the notice immediately. And actually, so our traditional platform when we first launched was always that we were pigeonholed into working with the banks. So the banks would deposit the next business day and it would go in around five. Some banks go in a little quicker, some a little bit, you know, afterwards. But we really struggled because Obviously, banks aren't transferring funds over the weekend. Mm. And with us having been a salon that did pay out cash at the end of the day for so long, our team, while they loved getting the money directly into their bank, we still wanted to improve upon that process for them. So within this past year, while COVID did bring out many things that we're not excited about, COVID did allow us the opportunity. And one silver lining for us was to be able to offer instant tips. Oh, wow. Yeah. So not only now service providers can still add a bank account and get their tips directly deposited into their bank the next business day, but we partnered with a tip card company, which has allowed us to deposit tips instantly. So rather than adding the bank account, they add this tip card. And as soon as the client is at the kiosk and leaves the tip, 
as soon as the service provider gets the notification on their app that they were tipped and how much, it goes right onto this tip card. So they literally can go and spend those funds within seconds. So if they need lunch money that day, if they did a great service in the morning, boom, there you go buy a pizza and you're ready to go. Now, that tip card, is it kind of like a credit card? I mean, just a, a digital or... Yeah, prepaid card. Mm-hmm. It's all free. Our biggest thing is, you know, we talked earlier about risk-free, mm-hmm. is that our platform, the card program is free. The salon owner makes his decision and enrolls in it. And then every employee or some employees, it's not, it doesn't have to be the whole staff. Mm-hmm. It's optional for the staff. Okay. They want it, which is obviously, we see, obviously, as like Lauren mentioned, the 20 percenters usually are the people that want to like say, no, I wanted to go on my savings account or checking account and I really don't want to touch it and I'll mm-hmm. come to my money. And then you have some people who are like, no, what? this is my day to day money. Mm-hmm. I want a card that I can use all day uh, and over the weekend. So, but yeah, with the card program, it's free. Then it costs with us is literally it's $300 a year. And that's for the whole program. It doesn't cost the salon owner anything else. It doesn't cost the staff anything. Our only charge is on each tip, we add a convenience fee that the client pays. So oh. the client pays a small convenience fee for every tip they leave, which I've always, I gotta be honest, I was always hesitant. Yeah. And then I started to realize every time I was traveling and using Uber and Lyft, I would see these convenience fees because you, if you hit the little info button and expand it, like holy hey i went two blocks or you know two miles and i paid how much in convenience fees and then you use these grocery store ordering apps and like food and delivery and obviously even more during covid we use it a lot and i started really i got like obsessed looking at these convenience fees and i started to realize that like i don't even have a problem paying it because i'm paying for the convenience i know it's covering the fees i know it's covering the tip to the, the driver or the delivery person so we made a decision to put that in ours and knock on wood, it's fantastic. The client's more than happy. The only ones we see are very rare, which is somebody who didn't want to leave a tip to begin with, or they want to leave a dollar tip. And then they see a fee and they're like, <laughs> it's like they're complaining anyway. Yeah. So we're like, that's going to happen. They're finding something to complain about. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, sometimes it's us, but the client doesn't mind paying a fee because they know this is going directly to their favorite service provider. They're like, I'm, and I don't know if you use like GoFundMe or like I just use one for like Team Snap, I think it was called, but like for my son for his lacrosse. And mm-hmm. they charge me the processing fees and everything because it saves the club paying all those fees. And a lot of these nonprofits and whatnot don't or can't pay the fees. So me as, you know, me being like, okay, well, I'll pay patron. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So and GoFundMe does that. Like you can actually check it off. Yeah. You can add it on. Yeah. Yeah, Like when you do make charitable donations, they said add 20 cents to cover the stamp. Yeah. whatever. whatever Exactly. We took the same approach and it's going great. So really now the stylist isn't paying a fee for each tip. The salon owner is saving the processing fees that they were paying originally. If they're accepting tips on a credit card, the salon owner only pays $300 a year, which just includes like all that's covering is the basically the hardware lease and the sales and support, and then the free card program, which is totally free. So when I say we make it as free or risk-free as possible, we make it as risk-free as possible. Yeah, I think the big thing that a lot of people don't know about salon ownership is that you gotta pay at least three percent, sometimes more, especially with these yeah. cards that most people pay more. Yeah, yeah, especially the cards are like you get cash back and you get vacations and all this stuff. <laughs> you can pay a lot of money on credit card fees or if they sign or don't sign, or if it's a debit, all this stuff. It's and merchant services is I feel like it's this dark evil place in our industry that no salon True. owner likes, but that yeah. they do whatever they feel like and they charge a lot of money. And what's nice now is you're taking that off your plate. You're not paying those fees and that's gone. And what's so cool is you're only paying 300 bucks a year now. And I think I remember on your website, I think you said the average salon saves anywhere from three to $5,000 a year, something like that. Yeah. If you're asking me, it's such a trade-off. It's a no-brainer. Because like you said, it's 
you, you always have the guy that walks in and goes, I'm going to get you 2%. And like you said, they'll, if you look at your merchant record, no one can decipher it. It's no. crazy because you pay these fees and it finally averages out to like 4%. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care what size salon you are. Like you're paying, like you're paying more than you think. Yeah. With us, that was my biggest thing sitting there. I heard Terry, the Lords and Ladies owner, how much she was paying. And I'm thinking like, you're paying that on income that's not yours. You're essentially getting it and you're paying right back out. And now you're paying payroll tax yep. on top of it. And as a stylist, you have to understand that's a big burden for your owner. And if your owner can say that, what can a salon owner do with a couple of thousand dollars in savings now? Can they maybe bring in some more education? Can they maybe make an improvement in the salon? Can they do more? Of course, I'm mar- biased and I, I would do more marketing to yeah. drive in more customers. Like, so you have to look at it that way, which is a lot of people I get it, look at it and like, oh, it's a cost of business. But if you have a, if there's a tool out there that can save you cost in doing business, why not consider it? You can use those funds elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. it's a benefit to everybody involved. Like it makes it personal. There's like accountability. People, clients want a tip when they know it's going directly to that person. There's no shady business. There's yeah. no like putting it in an envelope and are your shirts sealed? Also, it's just so clear. It's a tool for the stylist and it just cleans up all the, the fees. I know we need to wrap up here in a little bit because I know we need to be respectful of your time. Is this good for salons or can solo artists use it? Is there any benefit for a solo artist to use Tippy? Our biggest market is definitely not the solo artists. We are in a few, you call them like booth rentals where there's a central checkout. We're definitely more central based where obviously if there's a client checking out somewhere, this is where it's key. Not to say we're not, we're getting some other verticals where we're actually getting into hospitality and fitness where people can scan a QR code in the room or after or get a text after a spin class and you can tip your instructor or oh. tip your housekeeper. Uber um, or Lyft does. When you're done, you get the little notification and you just go in and do that. Yeah, so we're getting it. We're actually exploring there, but in the in this space, we definitely don't see a lot of traction in the salon suites or individual booth rentals. Like I said, unless there's a checkout, because they're usually using their own thing. Which I wish we we always toy around with the idea. Could we do it? Could you put them there? Yeah, because I think people are kind of getting gypped on. If I'm a salon suite owner, am I getting tipped? Because mm-hmm. sometimes, unfortunately, customers think they don't need to tip the owner because they're paying for a service. It drives me insane. You know, when you talk to salon owners who are still behind the chair and they're like, yeah, I don't even get it. We had some salon owners that put it in so they can start to get tips. Yeah, they're like, exactly. well, I don't put this in so I can start getting, you're getting tipped. You're working just as hard as anyone else. So yeah. yep. it's definitely, to answer your question, not a big market for us, okay. but we never say no. We know it's anyone's ever interested in us, we can figure something out. We know kind of where our secret sauce is. Well, I think for a solo artist, the, the goal here would be is that the convenience fee is being dumped onto the client now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> again, you're going to save some money if you have this. Even as a solo artist, I can see how this could be a good tool. And if you've never looked at the merchant fees in your business, man, just go, you want to cry tonight? Go look that up and you'll <laughs> just be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I'm losing that much I money. I had no idea. It's really sad. And then as far as reporting, Reporting goes, do you guys report tips to the IRS or to the, or do you give reports to the owner so that they can do payroll? How's that work? Yeah, we don't report anything. Like I said earlier, we provide all the tools. So Lauren and team walks the owner through the whole process where they have a web-based dashboard so they can log in. That's the same dashboard she would use where she would go in and see how people are averaging in tips and use it as like a, a performance review. But also in there, you'd be able to pull your tip run, similar to like a POS where you pull your retail and service run. Mm-hmm. You pull your tip run now, like a CSV file, and you would upload that to your, your payroll platform. And then obviously in your payroll platform, you have the option of choosing your percentages on payroll yeah. and stuff. So we just give you the tools and the right report. And then you can do that weekly or biweekly, pull that, upload it, 
however you like, you know, like I said, everyone does it differently, but we just provide the tools, but yeah, we're not reporting anything in our back end or. Yeah. You know, so people are getting 1099s from you guys or no. like that. Nope. If they get a 1099 from us, it's because they've done a significant amount of tips. And then we've got a request on this person got a lot of, and then we pass that off to them. And that's just the IRS's way of being like, make sure you <laughs> confirm that this person did that well, which is, trust me, that's a good problem to have. My dad told me my first paycheck when I saw how much got went in taxes. Yeah. I think it was 14 or 15 when I got my first paycheck. And I was like, we're going, I thought I worked more than this. And he's like, you're paying taxes now, which yeah. you know, it stinks, but be happy you're paying taxes because it means you're making money. Yeah. yeah. I've joked. I, I want to pay at the most taxes possible because that means I'm making a lot more money. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's like taxes are, we all hate it. But at the same time, if you're paying more, that yeah, should mean you're, unless you're really making bad. More. Yeah, it should mean you're making more. Like I just accidentally gave fifty percent of my income just because I felt like it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a bad CPA, someone to fire. So, all right, great. Well, I appreciate you guys giving us rundown. I think this is a great tool, especially for salon owners, and I even think even as a solo artist, you could find a great benefit, especially because of the way the the finance the convenience fee and the fees are being handled differently than it would be on your credit card machine. So it's something that at least to look into. Where can people go find and learn more about your service and, and sign up? So if anyone is interested, our website, they can either send us an inquiry. We have a request info form. Our phone number is always available to call, chat us right on our website and let us know where you heard of us, of course, if you heard of us through here. And yeah, we're always happy to help answer any questions at any time. Like Terry said, we're any industry now we're branching out. So any kind of service provider, whether you're a lash tech, nail tech, salon owner, we're always happy to answer any questions to help get you signed up. We had, a, we had a woman who used Tippy in her salon and her husband owns a tire shop. So we have a tire shop using it get so that the technicians in the tire shop can get tipped now. So it's, and they do really well. Yeah, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. I think there's something there where there's these industries and verticals, or even it is your salon spa, that if you aren't getting tips or you're not getting tips that you think you should be getting, why is that? Hopefully we can help shine some light on that and give the customers the tools to do it. Because it doesn't mean the client doesn't want to tip, or maybe it's not, the client isn't meaning to tip so low. Maybe they just don't know how much they should tip, or they don't know how to wait. And that's our goal to do that. There's so many times on places, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could tip you, but I don't have any cash. Easy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Meet meet Tippy. Yeah. (laughs) Meet Tippy. Which is, by the way, their website, meettippy.com is where you can get all this information. And I think they're great. We actually, there's some companies that we love or from strategies to PBA, Salon Today, they all are affiliates and I recommend, and we've seen them at trade shows and conferences. And I've yet to run into anyone who said, yeah, it was a bad decision. No one has ever told me it was a bad decision. If anything, it's always, I wish we did it earlier. Like it's just simplified. I think it serves your team really nicely. It's a nice tool that really serves your team and will counter what a lot of people think. And you guys have said this, and I've heard this too from Copes and Ote when I've talked to them about what's working for people. And they're a CPA firm that serves salons, they said, yeah, actually people's tips go up. They get better tips with Tippy. It just helps. And it's like a, a magical spell that I guess you, you cast over clients and they come <laughs> in, they just smell the, the aroma of the pig or something. I don't know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it just makes them tip more. And so if you love your team and you want them to make more money, I really think Tippy is a great way to go about it and you'll save money as a salon owner. So, okay. I know this sounds like a big pitch, but when I really believe in something, I like hey, to push going. hard. Yeah, I like to push yeah. hard for it. So. You're hired. Yeah, I'm hired. Yeah, I'll, I'll come work for you guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, thank you so much for both of you coming on and spending an hour of your day with us. It really means a lot. No, thank, thank you, you guys for having you guys, us. You guys it's been rock. a pleasure. Thanks so much. You guys are awesome. That's a wrap, guys. That's it. We're done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. And buy your LashCon ticket. On behalf of my last peep, Tusney, as well as our special guest, Terry and Lauren, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. Lash Cast.